Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ben Sherrington says he still doesn't know yet who the Pirates will take first overall. Mayor, Rawler, Watson, Davis, we're going to find out Sunday night. And it's it's been a long time coming. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf coming to you from New York. I guess I've got to put a byline whenever I do these remotely now, from now on. On Sunday, it's finally draft day. And after all the speculation, the mock drafts, the, you know, who are the Pirates interested in? Why is it not, you know, lighter rocker anymore? It's, we're finally going to have an answer. We don't know it yet. And Ben... You know, talking to the media Wednesday in Pittsburgh made that pretty clear that, you know, hey, we we don't have our answer quite yet. That's, I mean, they're doing, they're doing last interviews with everyone. If they didn't know who it would be, they wouldn't be going through that process. So I don't, I, I don't blame him for taking it up to the very last minute because this is a very important decision for this organization. There is no other way around it. You, you can't screw up 1-1. Very rarely, I mean, even, even the Astros, who have about as bad a 1-1 record as any team in baseball over the last 20 or so years. They had it three years in a row. One of them was Brady Aiken, who they didn't sign, and then just never got above A-ball. Another was Mark Appel, who they did trade... They at least got something back for him, but he hasn't been in the major leagues yet. And he's 28, 29 at this point. Odds aren't good that he'll ever make the show. Then again, you know, the first time they did have that number one pick, they got someone named Carlos Correa. That that turned out to be pretty good. So, uh, one for three, good batting average. Not a great, like, in actual terms of results. The Pirates can't go three straight years of having a one, two, or three pick and, and only come out with one guy, though. Astros, low-hanging fruit of some other ways they might have gotten good, but Astros' play development was legit also. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Because this draft 
it's it's face the face of this draft is going to be whomever the Pirates take one one. It's gonna be it's gonna be Mayor. It's gonna be Lawler. It's gonna be whoever it is. That's gonna be the face of hey, this is who the Pirates got in this draft. This is the first person you know they had their first pick. This is who came off the board. You know all that good stuff. But that first pick, very likely, isn't going to define this draft. Unless, you know, they, they end up taking a high school shortstop, and he is that Corey Seager type, and you know, that's that's just the draft. That's how it goes from now. I, But it's, it's a 20-round draft. It's not like last year. Last year's draft was very much defined by Nick Gonzalez, because he was the first pick. He was the most exciting pick. I mean, if, if you had to describe last year's draft, it's Nick Gonzalez and a bunch of pitchers who have upside. Lejinski is tearing up Greensboro. Jared Jones, man, don't sleep on this kid. He's got something big time, big time stuff down in Bradenton. It's just learning to control it. He has first round stuff. They got him in the second round. They went over slot to get him. I always have to bring that up whenever the part, whenever people say, why are the parts going under slot probably for 1-1? That doesn't mean they're not, you know, necessarily taking the best player available, but, you know, you have to save somebody, spread it around so you can get those Jared Jones guys around two, three, five, whatever. Nick Garcia, I like. Jack Hartman, if he's healthy. Coming back from Tommy John, Logan Hoffman is doing well in Bradenton, but Nick Gonzalez is the face. Not exactly how you would define that draft, though. I I would define that draft, honestly, as these young pitchers, and Nick Gonzalez is, you know, the most major league ready. He'll be the first guy through the wall. He's got the highest upside out of all of those guys. That's why he was picked first. I'm not going to lie with any of that. But he's not going to be the only guy from that class to, you know, become a top prospect, to, to reach the major leagues. All that good stuff. And that's why whenever Ben Charrington says it's about getting 21 good players with those 21 picks that the Pirates have, it's it's legitimate. And no, they're, they're not going to go 21 for 21. No one could possibly go 21 for 21 in terms of draft picks and getting, you know, something productive out of there. There's going to be a couple picks that are just, it's a stretch, it is the underslot type of deal. Or, you know, you, you take a risk and it doesn't work out. That's fine. Not all these have to pick, but you can't have it just be entirely 1-1 based. I'm guilty of this a bit myself too, because I you, you can't get someone excited like, hey, you ready for that fourth round pick? That that doesn't sell. You can't do that. You can't say that. But it's it's just as important. All these picks are going to be incredibly important. And it's part of that trickle effect of they'll have all this extra money, presumably, by signing the first guy, Underslot, to really crush the later rounds they're not going to have to worry about are we going to be able to sign this guy or is he just going to go to college or he'll go back for a senior year or something like that it could really just be liberating let's take the best guy off the board the entire way and that doesn't mean 
again, I, I feel like a broken record. People misinterpret signing a guy first overall under slot to, you know, stretching and not taking the best player available. This year's draft, there is no clear-cut best player available. Best player available is going to sign under slot, almost certainly, regardless. I mean, almost everyone goes under slot for 1-1 anymore, unless you're like a Spencer Torkelson who, who gets, you know, exactly slot value. You basically sign, you know, 1-1 under slot anymore. That's the real advantage, almost, uh, of, of that, you know, first overall pick, at least this year. Because whoever, whomever the Pirates pick first overall, talent-wise, it's not going to be much different than, say, the Red Sox get a four. The real advantage is all the extra money that the Pirates have to spend, you know, that they have at their disposal. And that's going to lead to, I think this is a deep draft. Ben Charrington has said that there is depth in this, tra- in this draft also. He said it on Wednesday. They got, there's a lot of high school depth. The Pirates have had an extra month to get to know these high schoolers. Whether it's private exhibitions, whether it's, you know, going to showcases for them, sending scouts. There has been a whole extra month for them to really get to know these high school kids. And they're going to have a lot of overslot money to go. I think if last year's draft, last year's draft, there was a lot of, there were a lot of tea leaves saying that, it was going to be a college pitcher heavy draft because that was the information that they had available. That's what they trusted. This year, the tea leaves read it's going to be a prep heavy draft, at least in the earlier rounds. Later rounds, assuming this draft is similar to it was back in 2019, I know it's only going to be 20 rounds rather than 40, but. It, that last day is going to consist of a lot of college players, especially towards the end of the draft. Maybe rounds 11, 12, you know, still have, you know, you still take the prep guys, but at least towards the end, you're going to get a lot of college players at the end. That's just kind of how you round out drafts. It's going to be a prep-heavy class. If I, I imagine it for the parts. If it's not for the parts, it's going to be across all Major League Baseball this year. There's upside to be had. And this is an organization that top to bottom needs upside. We wouldn't be talking about that. <laughs> they lost 14-3 Wednesday, and they picked up their waiver wire first baseman to pitch to cross the finish line. I picked the right game out of that series to, to bail on. Dayon took one for the team there. I had to get up to New York. <laughs> going to be an interesting draft it's probably going to be the draft that more than any other event more than any other particular move or selection that Ben Charrington has done in his first 20 or so months as general manager it's going to at least for now define his tenure it's going to be the face of this is who the type of player that Ben Charrington wants to get into this organization it's fine that's the face but it's not going to determine if that was a successful draft or not, and the Pirates need a successful draft. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a couple minutes.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name's Alex Stump. On Wednesday, the Pirates might have tipped their hand a little bit, not for the draft, but what they might do after the trade deadline. Adam Frazier has been on the market. He's almost certainly going to get traded. He is one of the most in-demand hitters this year. His trade value will never be higher than it is this month. What happens in second base, though, whenever he's gone? Going into the year, I would have said Kevin Newman would slide over to second base and either Cole Tucker or Eric Gonzalez would play shortstop. Well, Gonzalez is going to be out four to six weeks because of his oblique. And Kevin Newman, you know, for for all the problems he's had on offense, really good season defensively. Really, really strong season defensively that has kept his head at at least at replacement level, you know, above water there, despite just being really bad at the plate. You know, he's, he's getting value with the glove. I don't see how you can move him to second base right now. Okay, well, you know, Cole Tucker can play second base. That's not, you know... An egregious thing. Unless the Pirates go to D. Strange Gordon, who they signed to a minor league deal. And hold no, no one should hold any delusions that this guy is going to be, you know, an impact player with the Pirates. I mean, this is, this is his fourth minor league deal of the 2021 season. This one kind of looks like he has the best shot of actually reaching the majors, though if he's willing to stick it out in the minor leagues for like a month. Because D. Strange Gordon, he has a good track record as a defensive second baseman. He can play the outfield. It's kind of, at least on paper, what Adam Frazier can do, with with the exception of he doesn't provide nearly the offense. 
but at least on paper, for two months, you know, to cross the finish line, yeah, sure, go that way. Go that route. And if it's not him, it's Cole Tucker, someone who didn't exactly set the world on fire offensively in Indianapolis, but was better, I think is fair to say. Maybe not better to the point that it's good or even, you know, enough, but but better, trending in the right direction. Throw him in, you know, get him major league everyday reps, because that's the most important thing for Cole Tucker is the everyday reps. That's what they said. That's what's so clearly needed for him to try to develop that way. He can't be, like last year was a tough year, no minor league season, nothing you can really do besides put him on the major league roster, but it didn't do him any favors, you know, starting every other day. This year, it's different. If there's an opportunity to play infield every day in the majors, just go with that. Then there's the wild card in Rodolfo Castro. Castro had that had that really good at bat Tuesday night. Came up aggressive off the bench. You know, aggressive, maybe a little reckless at the beginning, but he was able to hone himself, you know, turn it back, put together a good at bat, got on base, scored the winning run after starting the day in Altoona. That's exactly that was exactly what the Pirates needed. Derek Shelton called that a big win for the organization. It was. It was. Castro is only in the majors right now, though, because he was already on the 40-man, and the Pirates needed a position player. He hasn't even played a game in Indianapolis yet. That's, that's kind of mind-blowing at this point, how he's not been in Indianapolis. At this point, I don't know how... You send him back to Altoona after all this. Once someone gets healthy or their time between, you know, between being optioned to now or if there's another waiver claim for someone just to add some midfield depth, Castro is here for a good time, not a long time. He's here to get a couple pinch hit at bats, to be around the big club for a couple days. He'll go to Indianapolis at some point this year, 2022. I see Castro factor it in more into the mix, whether that's as a second baseman, as a utility infielder, as a utility player in general, because I think he does have the skill set that he can learn some corner outfield, which would definitely help the defensive versatility and really help his case for being in the major leagues. I think that's, you know, fair all around. He doesn't have to be great in the outfield, but, you know, hum a few bars, be good enough to be a Sunday starter out there. Just get him more, you know, more versatile, get him more playing opportunities. Because he's, there's a lot of really good prospects in this system. And I don't see him usurping a Nick Gonzalez, a Pagero, or someone be like, look, it, it, this is Castro's job, you can't do it. But no, as a good utility player, I think that's fair. If there's an opportunity at second base in 2021, though, I don't think he's going to get it. It's going to be... Safe bets. It'll be Tucker. It'll be Gonzalez. It'll be Strange Gordon. None of them are particularly exciting. And frankly, once Frazier goes, second base kind of feels like, a, okay, let's cross the, cross the finish line type of position. 
especially if it's Strange Gordon. If it's Tucker, you could at least say, earn your job. This is it. I mean, you, this might be kind of it for Cole Tucker. There is a lot, there are a lot, a lot of prospects who are going to be Roll 5 eligible this year. And the Pirates are going to have to add them to the roster. And if the Pirates aren't convinced that Cole Tucker is the future, why would they hang on to him for one more year of this, you know, bouncing between AAA and the majors, doing very little... If they don't think that Cole Tucker is going to really be a contributor, why do you waste a roster spot on him then? I would... I. I would, and I don't think it'd be, you know, outside the realm of possibility that you go and you give it to, you know, one of these kids who's going to be Rule 5 eligible instead. Just cut cut ties a year sooner, because Cole Tucker is not a Ben Sherrington guy. He's a Neil Huntington guy. A lot of these guys that are going to be Rule 5 eligible started as, you know, Neil Huntington guys, but... They just spent a whole year under this new Ben Charrington system, not to mention everything that they did last year. You know, outside of professional baseball, outside of formal games. Those are kind of his guys now, even if he didn't acquire a handful of them. Maybe one of them will be able to get into the second base mix. I, I don't know. I think Pugger is a shortstop. Long term, I think he's the shortstop. Long term, Pirates middle infield that they have right now is—I I don't see anyone besides Castro really doing much for the group long term. Maybe Tucker figures it out with that, you know, offensive skill development that he did in Bradenton. Maybe Kevin Newman hits enough that the good glove. You know, he's able to carry it and be good enough and just be an above-average player that type of way. A glove for a shortstop is not, you know, a terrible thing to have on a team as long as, you know, the OPS plus is 80-something instead of 40-something. Basically, he needs to double his offensive output. Well, not double. That makes him sound like he needs to be a 400-hitter. From a statistic, from an analytical analytical standpoint, double that way. Middle infield, I I don't know what the short term answer is that can be like exciting. Of okay, it's okay. Middle infield is going to be fine in twenty twenty one. You know, the last couple months in twenty twenty two. Long term, yeah, twenty twenty three. That's going to be fine. Something's got to click or something's got to change. And Frazier being traded, if they do just end up going to Strange Gordon to kind of cross the finish line, I think that will say everything that needs to be said about the middle infield for the Pirates in the short term. Thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to tune in on Saturday whenever Jared Pugar and I do Young Bucks. We're going to talk about everything going on in the Pirates Farm system. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.